0: Welcome to Scripture Uncovered, a podcast on the Bible brought to you by Logos Bible Study and LogosBibleStudy.com. We're now running our annual Christmas sale in the Logos Online Classroom. You can save 50% off any online course you like when you go to the online classroom, and at checkout, use coupon code CHRISTMAS2018. That's Christmas 2018. Visit LogosBibleStudy.com, click on Online Classroom, and use the coupon code at checkout to save 50%. Okay, now it's time for the program. Here's your host, Dr. Bill Creasy.
1: Hello, gang. Bill Creasy here with this week's episode of Scripture Uncovered. This past Sunday marked the third week of Advent, the month long run up to Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Advent is from the Latin adventus, which means coming. Advent is the four weeks anticipating the coming of Christ, a celebration of His birth in a stable in Bethlehem. In liturgical churches, the color purple sets the Advent tone. Purple is the color of royalty, welcoming the coming into the world of Christ the King. It's also the color of fasting, penitence, and suffering, used during Lent and Holy Week the dual association is not accidental. Jesus' birth cannot be separated from his death, burial, and resurrection. The purpose of Jesus' incarnation is to reveal God's love and grace through Jesus' life and teaching, of course, but also through his passion, his crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection. Hence, the same color for the two seasons. In fact, in the early church, Advent was a time of fasting and penitence, much as during Lent. Now, During Advent, many churches bedecked their sanctuaries in evergreen boughs, evergreen trees, and wreaths, symbolizing new and everlasting life brought through Jesus Christ. The Advent wreath takes a prominent place in most churches. It consists of a circular evergreen wreath with five candles, four around the wreath and one in the center. The circular wreath symbolizes God himself, who is without beginning or end and who is everlasting. The white candle in the center represents Christ, the light who's come into the world while the four outer candles represent the four weeks anticipating His coming. Of the four outer candles, three are purple or violet, and one is pink or rose. The violet candles represent the royalty of Christ the King, and they link that royalty to His death, burial, and resurrection celebrated during Lent and Easter. The first violet candle is lit on the first Sunday of Advent, and the first and second violet candles are lit on the second Sunday of Advent. On the third Sunday, the rose candle is added to them. The third Sunday, the one that we celebrated this past week, is traditionally called Gaudate Sunday, from the Latin, gaudē, meaning rejoice the first word of the introit of Sunday's Mass, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. It represents an easing of the fasting and penitence that segues into rejoicing and celebration. The fourth violet candle rounds out the season. Well, it seemed appropriate to me on this third week of Advent to share with you a reflection on the season. On Saturday, I attended a meeting of the Western Lieutenancy of the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, a Roman Catholic order of knighthood founded in 1113, nearly a thousand years ago, to protect and support Christians in the Holy Land. Now, As you know, I've led teaching tours to the Holy Land for many years. In fact, our tour coming up on January 4th will be my 59th Israel teaching tour. Many of you listening to the podcast have traveled to Israel with me. If you haven't, check out the travel section on LogosBibleStudy.com and come along with us. Our Israel teaching tours are educational, profoundly spiritual, and hey, they're a heck of a lot, of fun. In any case, at our meeting on Saturday, Monsignor Dennis Michelonis led us in a morning reflection that he titled, A Promise Made and Fulfilled, a reflection on the Advent season using scripture and song. It's a great way to celebrate Gaudate Sunday. So, here goes. Our first reading is from Genesis 3, verses 1 through 7 and 14 to 15. It's titled, The Fall. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Our second reading is from Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5, and it's titled, The Promise. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the desert prepare the way for the Lord, Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, Every mountain and hill made low, The rough ground shall become level, The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, And all mankind together will see it, For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The third reading is from Luke 1, 26-38. It's titled, The Annunciation. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great And then the angel left her.
2: Of the Father's love begotten, there the world began to be. He is Alpha and Omega, He the source. The See you.
1: Our fourth reading is from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7, and it's titled, The Journey. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Our fifth reading is from Luke 2, verses 8 through 12. It's titled, The Announcement. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Our sixth reading is from Luke 2, verses 13 and 14, and it's titled, The Proclamation. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Our seventh reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. It's titled, The Visit. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. our final reading is from Luke 2, 17 through 19. It's titled, The Promise Fulfilled. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. No, And with that, I wish you a blessed Advent. And whatever you do, don't get caught up in the crass commercialism of the holiday season, as some call it. That, my friends, is depressing. Look forward with joy to Christmas for what it truly is, the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're out and about, don't mumble, happy holidays, to the clerk at the cash register. Wish them a hearty Merry Christmas. So blessings to all of you. Till next week. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to Scripture Uncovered, brought to you by Logos Bible Study and logosbiblestudy.com. Don't forget, our annual Christmas sale is now running in the Logos online classroom. Use coupon code CHRISTMAS2018 and save 50% on any course or courses that you like. That's christmas 2018. Thanks for listening, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week.